Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. This is Hank, and I'm so glad to have you here. This dialogue and this conversation is around a conversation called quitting. Now, I know some of you are listening to this, and you may be in a place in your life that you love, and you don't have a single thing in your life you need to quit, and you've transitioned beautifully your whole life. But for the rest of us, there are things in our life we need to stop, and sometimes that can be awkward and uncomfortable, and doing it well can have a huge impact in our life. So this entire conversation is a few interviews and some thoughts and insights about the idea of quitting, about when is time, what we do, and what we have to do. So I invite you to join us, dive into this conversation as we move you quickly through a dialogue on what it's like to quit, when to quit, and how to quit well. If you're listening to this and you want some information and more information and to stay connected to us, you can join our email list by simply texting the number 66866 with the name Hank in the subject, and you'll be prompted to join our email list. You can also do that by going to hankfortner.com, or you can go to my Facebook page, facebook.com slash hankfortner, and you can join our email list, which will give you follow-on materials and information about new podcasts as we post them as intermittently and as consistently as possible. Also... Last thing I'll tell you is if you enjoy this podcast at all, or if this is a fun blast for you, or if you have even had one thing that helped you in your life, what's really helpful for us is if you want to leave a comment or a review on iTunes, that is just super exciting for us. Really, really fun. We love to watch them. We read every single one of them word for word. That would be really great. So thank you so much. Thanks for being a part of this podcast. And here is to whatever you are about to quit when you're done listening to this podcast. Enjoy. Ever wonder what your life would be like? What will you wish you would have done? Get after it already. What's life without a little adventure? We get one chance. Best live a big life. The exploration of the unknown. A hope for something more. This behavior can be classified as typically hazardous. I call it an adventure. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Today's conversation is about the adventure of quitting. Hey, listen, I quit. I quit. I'm sorry. I quit. Excuse me? I quit. I wish I knew how to quit you. I'm in accounting. Don't you feel like you're dying inside? Yes. Quitting is not a skill that's very popular in this day and age, and oftentimes it even gets ignored. So if you're listening to this podcast, this podcast, the entire thing is to give you the tools and the know-how and the wisdom and the thoughts and the proper expectations of what it's like to quit. So you might be listening going, dude, everything in my life is going fine. Everything is good. I, I don't know if I need this right now. Well, then pass or pass this on to someone who may need the conversation we're about to have. So here we go. At the time you're listening to this episode, it's likely that you or someone you know has something you need to quit. It may be a bad habit or a visitor who's overstayed their welcome in your home. It could be a relationship that's outlasted that healthy zone where you're glad you're in it. It could be a job that you know it's time to quit, a business that you're running or working for that is no longer a fit for you, or a partnership that was great for a season, but it has outstayed its welcome in your life too. Whatever the case may be, quitting is a difficult task for almost all of us. The worst part about quitting, the very worst thing, is that the thought of quitting, 
the thought of ending a relationship, the worries about ending a job or of quitting or of cutting the trip short or ending this engagement can create more stress than the actual ending itself. The key element, though, is knowing when to quit. Because the world is rife with cliches about how quitting makes you a loser. Consider these words from the late Lance Armstrong and more recent uh, scandalous Lance Armstrong. He said this, pain is temporary and quitting lasts forever. Or these words from longtime athlete, hero, and billionaire Mr. MJ Michael Jordan said, if you quit once, it becomes a habit. Never, ever quit. So you can find these sentiments everywhere. Somehow that quitting makes you disloyal or quitting makes you a loser or quitting makes you a person who's not committed or a person who'll never have success. But I think it's time we disagree with these people or at least explain how quitting may be exactly what you need to do. One of the most important elements is deciding if quitting right now is for you. So I have a list of questions that you can ask yourself about if quitting right now is exactly what your next step is. Question number one, have you already quit? See, there's some of you who are listening who have already mentally quit this job. You've mentally quit the relationship. You've mentally quit the space you're in. You've mentally moved away from the city. You've mentally resigned from this job or left this business or given up already. And it may be time to make the outside world match your inside world. Because if you're keeping a job for the paycheck or the relationship for the comfort, or if you're just in it, but you're not in it with your heart and soul and you mentally left years ago, consider this one thought. That the job that you have right now, that you're keeping without heart, without soul, just for the paycheck, is actually holding you back from what is next. From that next season, that next job, that next business, that next career, that next relationship, that next space, that next city, that next school. See, what's happening is that you are holding this thing and therefore because you haven't set it down, you're not able to grab or pick up this other opportunity. Additionally, keeping this role or keeping this thing is keeping away the perfect job from that future candidate. You are in the way of that perfect person who will fill that job with the gusto and verve that you once had for it. See, This works for relationships as well. It could work for friendships or people that you're dating, but not as clearly when it comes to a thing like a marriage or a committed relationship. So if we're only four minutes into this podcast and it's giving you the feeling that you should break up with the person that you're with, you probably already have. So do yourselves both a favor and step into the suck that is the conversation about whether or not quitting may be the right thing so that you can vacate the space for each other. But when it comes to marriage or children, I want to just blow the whistle and say, please don't use this podcast to make a decision with that magnitude. But you can use it as an impetus to get the professional help you need from a therapist or a counselor or coach to together and collaboratively decide the best way forward for your family. Question number two, has it ever changed? One of the best books on this subject is a book called Necessary Endings by Dr. Henry Cloud. See, in this book, he asks the question, do you have any evidence that the person or situation or dynamic will ever change? See, many of us lose passion. Many of us lose excitement. Many of us lose the joy of the job that we once had because there's some new dynamic or new character or new person who's moved to town. But in reality, what you have to ask yourself is, can I actually make that change? 
See, sometimes we think to ourselves, well, my, this job is going to get better when, or this change is going to be made when, or they're going to give me more opportunities, they're going to give me more freedom, more leverage, more budget, they're going to give me a raise, they're going to give me the opportunities, or in this relationship, this element or this dynamic will change. The question is, has it ever before? Are you asking them and the universe to do something it's never done before? If it's never changed, then it's foolish to expect it to change and therefore quitting may be our very next step. Question number three. Will you be a healthier you if you quit? See, I'm not asking if your life is going to be easier. I'm asking, will you be a healthier you? Will you be the you you were designed or created or purposed to be? If this job or relationship or engagement is has you playing a role that doesn't fit you anymore, perhaps you'd be healthier if you transitioned. See, whenever I consider quitting or even asking myself if any of these questions or if going through these questions has you saying, yes, I think quitting is the next thing for me, I always reach out to my coach and my consultant and my advisor, our expert for here for the Typically Hazardous podcast, Miss Lucia Cotone. She has been an invaluable resource to me in these recent transitions I've been through. And I sat down with her at a park in West Los Angeles, sitting in my Jeep with these headphones on, having this conversation because we caught each other in between meetings, as busy as we both are. And she had this to say as we had a dialogue about quitting and leaving where you are. Uh, Please welcome my friend and yours, Ana Lucia Catone is a creative consultant that supports individuals and organizations in achieving their highest creative expression. And she builds businesses and lives from that level. Lucia, welcome to the podcast. Hi. So glad to have you. Very happy to be here. We're here in a conversation about quitting. Uh, We are asking questions about when do I know when it's the right time to quit? Uh, What do I do and how do I quit? And we are looking for your guidance, as I'm sure you've guided hundreds and hundreds of clients through the process of life transition and through going through transitions of selling a business or purchasing one or quitting a job or leaving a relationship or transitioning out of something. So in this context, if I ask you the question, when do I know it's the right time to quit? I want to start by if we, you use the word transitioning, and I want to again start with when we quit, it, when we want to quit, it means that we are ready for a transition. Quitting can be described as a transition. When we feel that we need to quit something, it's a contractive experience. There is, we connect to fear sometimes to it. What am I gonna do next? How am I gonna do this? How are the people around me gonna feel? When you think of a transition as an expansive action, there is a space where you're walking into. There's a creativity about how you're going to go about what you're doing that gives you a lot more tools in how to show up versus the thought of quitting, which for many people means failure. For many people means weakness. For many people means, you know, we can can attest. When people mention to me the word quitting, I generally ask, what do you mean by that and what does that mean to you? And people come up with all sorts of different explanations. And when I ask somebody, how do you feel about transitioning into another stage of your life, into another area that you could explore? There is sparkle in their eyes, there is energy, creativity starts flowing at another level, and we are able to just sort of embrace that experience with more gusto, 
with more love, with more excitement, and all of a sudden our energy feels differently. Even even me chatting with you about this, quitting doesn't exist in my vocabulary. It's too contractive. But when I think of transitioning, I all of a sudden want to quit three projects that haven't really been the right thing for me and keep on going forward with the stuff that's really giving me life. And when you think of transition, add curiosity, sense of wonder, excitement. Hmm. And you start shaping a world. And remember that we create things twice, Hank, when we imagine them and when we make them real in physical world reality. Hmm. And inspiration without action is mere entertainment. Rather than if you're inspired and you start taking action, and if that requires certain, certain transitions, you will be on your way of creating a life you love living. That's good. So, Lucia, what do we do with all the fears of quitting? When I think about quitting or transitioning out of a job I have, a relationship I have, questions start popping in my head like, but won't you be alone? Won't you be broke? Won't you be a loser? Won't you be the guy who used to have the cool job or used to date the pretty girl or used to live in the cool place? What do you do with all the fears that are sure to flood in when we are pre-transition? Fear is a sure indicator that we're stepping outside the comfort zone. And that is one of the most fantastic places we can all put, put ourselves in. I've yet to meet a person that has built a huge company, has a beautiful family, has created a project that didn't exist before, that didn't have a feeling of fear. Fear is necessary for success to occur. Hmm. And if when we're feeling fear, know that that's very low on the emotional scale. Hmm. And you can replace that. You can ask a quality question. What can I learn from the way that I'm feeling? Hmm. What can this situation teach me right now about myself? Hmm. And if you hold silence, you will start hearing these simple answers is, you're scared of not having money. And then you'll like, what can I do to support myself in this process? Because we think we have to go from one huge job to another huge job. And you may just need, if we're talking about the professional field, you may just need a time to just sort of rest and maybe work as a barista hmm. or work as a nanny or work at something that allows you to find that which in you permits you to vibrate at a higher level, which is really your creativity. Hmm. You've heard me mention before that there are two places where we have been given the divine power of creating. One of them is in our thoughts when we imagine it. And the next one is when we make it real in physical world reality. Oh my God, applying to a job is just surmountable. It's overwhelming. Uh, how am I going to find what qualifications they're looking for? You know, we start making mm -hmm. the deeper, right. the fear deeper and Absolutely, deeper. Absolutely, yeah. Right I don't have any marketable skills. I, don't, I can't have that position exactly. somewhere else, that kind like of stuff. Like who would hire me? But then if right. you start thinking about wow, well, my first step is looking at my resume and really taking a look at my experience and the qualities that I've been able to glean from the journey that I've walked thus far. And then you're like, well, that's one fantastic step. Then you actually work on your resume mm. and then you start networking with people. Can you see how that thought process is more expansive? When you get curious, yeah. when you allow yourself to step into a sense of wonder, when you allow yourself to get excited by the small things that make you happy, where is fear right now? Right. Yeah, the fear the fear takes such a low back seat because you're just excited about even applying to a university or to opening up your your eHarmony profile cuz now you're single or whatever, right? I mean, you're moving exactly. into the you're moving into the direction of new beginnings as opposed to uh, trying to approach it from a sense of everything's missing or a sense of lack. 
Exactly. And in a sense of lack, when you're feeling angry, when you're feeling fearful, you're contracting. And in contraction, it's, there's not much space for creativity. Mm. But when you start giving yourself the gifts of, wait, but I love doing this, and I love doing this, and I love engaging in this. Mm. And these type of people are the ones that make me very happy. And reading these type of books put me in joy or put me in a sense of wonder. Yeah. How are you feeling? You're starting to feel like expansive. You see, everything that we create starts with simplicity. Mm. Then it starts getting complex because building something brings its own complexities. Mm. But if you take your time with your thought process and how you relate to yourself in that thought process, fear is necessary, but use it as an indicator that you're stepping outside the comfort zone and get excited about what you're going to discover there. Mm. Well, the most important element to the adventure of quitting, or as we shall now call it, transitioning, is actually leaving well. See, nothing reduces stress or takes away the sting or the, of the season of an ended relationship or an ended job than nostalgic celebrations. You want people to cheer for you as you leave. That is what leaving well is for. Nothing makes quitting or changing jobs or careers or ending relationships or leaving cities more miserable than hard feelings. Hard feelings are the worst little addition to a transition you can possibly have. Bad vibes and overall ugliness that can ensue when a person leaves sucks, which means that this next portion of the podcast is really important because we need to have a conversation about how you transition well. Now, here are four things to embrace as you transition well. The first one was brought to me by the author Rob Bell, who taught me that there are two ways to leave any job or organization. You can either graduate or get divorced. See, this applies to partnerships, but doesn't reply to family dynamics, so I have to drop this in here as well. Please do not use this episode of this podcast as your tools for deciding the fate of your marriage. There are other podcast people and resources for that. So we're going to use the word divorce as it relates to leaving a city, leaving a group of friends, leaving a job, leaving an opportunity, stepping away. See, divorce ends with things like, you know what? This place is not for me. I'm out of here. You guys will have to find someone else to deal with this crazy dysfunction. I'm over it. Divorce is you stepping away from a vortex of dysfunction, and your very leaving is a judgment on the existing dysfunction. But please, take it from me. Don't use your opportunity to leave as your opportunity to say all of the things you wish someone would say, or all the persons that you can point out to, or the dysfunction, or the vortex, because there's not a person on this planet who's ever had an existential crisis because someone who was leaving a job said some things about the company. They go, we really should take that seriously. They won't. So please, when you step away for divorce, all you're going to do is create bad vibes by stepping away and saying, you know what? This place is nuts. I'm out of here. That's bad energy when you leave, and that's bad energy that sticks to you. A graduation, on the other hand, is a celebration. When you graduate from high school or in a few months, my daughter's going to graduate from preschool. Please don't make fun of me. But we are going to go to a graduation because we're celebrating growth. We're celebrating the process of life. We're celebrating that people, as they live, they are evolving as human beings. And they get bigger and they get larger and they get taller. And their space gets bigger. And then they need bigger spaces to fill that space of all those things that they learned and all those things that they became. A graduation is that celebration. So I want to invite you to embrace your transition 
as a graduation, a celebration of growth, a celebration of how our lives are ever expanding. And this is a new opportunity. So a graduation sounds like this. Sounds like, hey guys, I have this awesome opportunity. I've been invited to take on a dream position closer to my family. I'm taking a huge risk. I'm starting a business. I'm starting a family business. I'm moving closer to where I want to be. I'm moving closest to how I feel like I was designed for. It's the perfect role. And as much as it depends on you, for the love of all the people in your job, your school, your city, please graduate. Don't get divorced. Number two, the quitter is in control. Or as Ana Lucia drove us to say, the transitioner is in control. See, once you've decided to transition, you're moving on. You are moving on perhaps to bigger or better things. At the very least, you're moving on to newer things. This can be interpreted by the people that you leave as rejection. Or they might say things or feel things like, yeah, you think you're better than us because you're going on to this new place, this new city, this new job. Perhaps they're even flooded with the ever popular phrases that they're saying to you or thinking, don't you know what we've done for you? Don't you remember where you came from? But here's the deal. You have to embrace this reaction with compassion. We must have compassion on those that we leave or transition away from. Please don't be surprised if they react to your news of leaving with a less than enthusiastic fist pump. They're thinking about themselves, and this is normal. This is okay. They need you to give them space. See, being left is a rotten and wounding experience. And people, when they experience you transitioning from this role that you're in, from this space that you're in, from this city that you live in, they're not reacting to you. They're going to say mean things. There's going to be difficult responses. There's going to be people who have bad attitudes about it or throw you shade or bad vibes. They're not reacting to you. Your boss or your friend or your loved one, they're actually reacting to their divorce from their past, from the day their father left them or that helpless feeling they had when their parent died. Don't take it personally. Remember that you've been thinking about leaving for a really long time and they are just getting the news. Give them the compassionate space to process that and let them process in their own way. Number three, cheer for people who will inevitably stop cheering for you. Oh, because I forgot to tell you, there's a tax to quitting. It's a quitting tax that's kind of crazy. See, they don't do it right away any more than the government asks you for three years of taxes up front most of the time, but you pay it little by little every time you make headway. Yeah, that means that the tax that you're going to pay is you're going to pay tax of approval and of good vibes and of friendships from the people who used to cheer for you before you transitioned. You're going to pay this tax because the more you grow and the more you expand and the bigger you get and the moment things start happening for you, those taxes bills start to come. See, it's all a part of you leaving. It has nothing to do with the people who will throw you shade. It has nothing to do with you It's what you succeeding away from them makes them think of. It's what you growing means about them. It's similar to LeBron James when he left Ohio. Do you remember the people who had tattooed his name on their biceps? Those same people were burning his jersey in the streets because they were yelling things like how selfish of him to take an opportunity that's bigger than us. How selfish of him to go do something he's totally acceptable and allowed to do. It was so bizarre and so confusing and had nothing to do with LeBron. It had everything to do with 
well, it had something to do with that stupid TV show thing he did, but we're going to go ahead and ignore that and figure that they were probably going to be mad about it no matter what. So he did it in the douchiest way possible, but he left. And I am from Ohio, and I knew a lot of those people who were so sick of him and so against him and didn't want him to do it. Didn't want him to do what? Take this huge opportunity that was in front of him and go get bigger and go get on a more global stage and go win rings and go win championships? No, they didn't want to. I want to be clear about this. There's a population of people who would rather you lose with them than win without them. There are a population of human beings in all of our lives, in your life right now, who would rather you lose with them than win without them. It is an insane environment. But when you transition, when you move, you're actually doing us all a service. See, what Paulo Coelho said is he said this really important phrase. He said, anyone who's lost something they thought was theirs forever finally comes to realize that nothing really belongs to them. When you transition, yes, even when LeBron left Ohio, so many people took a deep breath and began to realize, maybe subconsciously, that nothing really belongs to us. That everything we count on and think we have permanently isn't there. See, we get to take this deep breath and think about these things because we can start to realize that people may stop cheering for you. And when they do, it's just them externalizing a lesson they're learning about how nothing really belongs to them. Ohio thought LeBron belonged to them. You may have a boss who thinks you belong to him. You may have a partner who thinks you belong to them. You may have a tribe, a group of people. You may have a city who think you belong to us. And you thinking you can move or get another job or go to some other place is going to somehow that's allowed. You're going to somehow do that without their permission. Mm -mm. See, when that person gets negative on you or stops cheering for you, it's just them learning the lesson that nothing really belongs to them. See, I had this strange and panicking thought. It's really stupid and really embarrassing to say out loud. So we've got to be in the safe zone. So if you're not a safe person that I can say this to, please fast forward the podcast or turn it off. But hear this. I was afraid that people were going to stop following me on Instagram. Isn't that stupid? That I was actually deciding the fate of my life based on people who were following me on Instagram. But before you judge me, before we have this conversation, I feel like we need to have like a real chat, a little a little real talk time about unfollowing someone on Instagram. Because see, it, for me, it didn't matter that it was 100 people or 1,000 people or I didn't care who was following me on Instagram. What I cared about is that people were going to unfollow me. Like in my mind, in my worst case scenario of leaving, there were going to be all these people, all these people that I loved and that I cared about and that were super cool and that we were friends and they were on the team and that they were for me and everything I was doing. They, I was just going to get dropped. That people were going to actually unfollow me, meaning they were going to like cut me from the team. In my mind, this is what it's like. And I feel like this is what it's like because all of us have unfollowed people. And you do it with like, with like, mm, mm, unfollow that guy. See, in my mind, all Instagram accounts are one man, one woman TV shows. I'm a one woman show, you're a one man show. We're just, we're a, I'm a one man television show and my Instagram account is a feed of like, here's where I'm traveling and where I'm on vacation and here's my family and sometimes it's as boring as here's what I'm eating or here's what I'm reading or what I'm doing and sometimes it's exciting. Like, hey, here's an event or here's a thing I'm doing or a work I'm putting out into the world. When someone unfollows you, it's not like they're watching television and they change the channel. It's as if they're watching television and they see your one man show. And then they pick up the phone and they call the cable company and they say, you need to get this channel 
off of my cable package because I never want to see it again, even accidentally when I'm flipping through and not trying to get directly to them. That's what unfollowing somebody feels like, and it's mean, and we should all find a way to do it to each other without anyone knowing, but now people have those apps. So I don't download the app because I'm like, this person canceled my TV show. They're like the studio heads of their own life. And I don't even know this person's name, but they straight canceled me. See, calling the cable company or doing those kinds of things, it's not really what I was afraid of. I was afraid that people were going to be against me. A sense that somehow if I let go of the thing that I had, people were going to be against me. I lacked faith in what was new in my life. What could be new? New relationships, new channels. Yes, maybe there's going to be people who leave me or against me or don't want me anymore. But when you change and chase something new, this new adventure, when you say yes, there's so much out there. So yeah, people unfollowed me on Instagram. I've had people that blocked me from their Instagram since I left my role. Rooms where I was once welcomed and embraced, I'm entirely ignored. Gossip about me and my family and my own personal life have circulated in the most condescending and character assassinating ways. People who used to pick up my calls on the first ring, they don't even return my calls or respond to my voicemails or my text messages. But you know what's crazy? I'm good. Like I'm totally okay. One of my worst case scenarios, one of my worst fears of me transitioning was that people were going to be against me. And check this out. It feels like they are. And people actually have done aggressive and really mean, (laughs) rude things. And check this out. I'm okay. I'm good. There's a great big world out there and a great big space and lots of new things. And the God of this universe has more for us than we can see in front of our eyes. And when we hold on to something out of fear and out of stress and out of, well, what will I have if I set this down? We miss out on everything else that's awesome. And yes, we pay the tax of people who stop cheering for us, but we never embrace our life if we don't set down what we have and move into the ever-expanding, ever-growing new world we're a part of. Remember, you've got to keep cheering for those people who stop cheering for you. Keep clapping for those people, knowing that your transition is just teaching them things they didn't want to deal with. It's not you teaching it to them. It's just life. So keep cheering for them. And keep a good spirit. Let people change the channel on your life. Let people leave your team and keep cheering for them because you're going somewhere new. Number four, be comfortable with the stories that change. See, there's an ancient rumor that when Greeks would conquer a new culture, they would erase it. They would line up all the scribes and the monks and they would assassinate them. They would take historians and burn their houses down. Anyone who knew the history who could ever write it again, they would kill. And then they would take all the scribes and all the histories and all those things and they would scratch them out. They would literally delete a culture's history, leaving only the history that went forward with them as a Greek culture. And I know this because in Los Angeles, whenever you're on a television set, what you'll notice is the first thing the art department does is they come into a room and they look for logos. They look for logos on headphones or televisions. They look for logos on refrigerators or on computers and they put stickers over them. They might put black tape over them and that's called Greeking. It means you walk around and you make logos disappear. You're getting rid of of an element of origin and saying there's nothing that happened before this moment. It's only what we have here. See, it's the same thing when you quit. It doesn't matter what you taught someone or what giants you slayed in that job or what ground you took 
or what battles you fought, all of them will be remembered very differently when you leave. That deal that you secured for your company, that job that you took or that you got for your girlfriend, that team you assembled for your company, someone else is going to get pats on the back and they're going to take every ounce of credit and your name will not even be a whisper. See, every so often in quiet places, people will gather and they'll talk about how great it was to have you. But there's this crazy thing about the human condition that says, oh, we're better off without him. We're better off without her, even if we really aren't. And this too is okay. This is after all how you entered that job or that relationship or that position. You and I got credit for battles we never fought, enemies we never slew, and lessons we never learned. Now it's time for that young, spry, arrogant dude to walk in and take credit for everything you've done. That nice girl who's never had the education you had or the things that you've done, for her to take in and sit at your desk and stand on top of the mountain that you claimed as if it was hers. And this is fine. May it give them the confidence to unflinchingly charge into the future challenges and flourish because you, my friend, have work to do somewhere else. Spending any time looking back and making sure people are speaking well of you or giving you credit or remembering you fondly is going to take your eye off of the game. See, it's as if a lion is concerned about how he's being spoken of in his last pride. If he is, he's going to be distracted from this hunt and he's going to starve to death. Focus on the purpose that drove you to make that bold, brave, powerful choice to transition. Focus on your mission and your work and the calling that gives you that resolve. That focus is the only thing that feeds the pride and the tribe and makes transitioning worth it at all. So what now? See, some of us are most paralyzed by that question. What will I do if I transition? The day after I transition, what will happen? Where will I go? Who will I get coffee with on a free Saturday night? Or will I ever have a free Saturday night? See, the mystic Meister Eckert wrote these words. He said, and suddenly you know, it's time to start something new and trust the magic of beginnings. He wrote that in the year 1300. And now 750 years later, this is the magic that still exists. The magic that makes you feel alive. The magic where people lean in and help you because you're up to something good and right and you're on a new beginning because new beginnings have an energy all their own. Remember this, putting something down is the only way to picking up something new. The scariest part is that in-between moment when you've set something down and your hands are currently empty. That setting something down moment is called trust. See, trust that there is a magic in the new beginnings. Trust that the tried and true things and pillars of hard work and focus and cheering for everyone works for you. See, trust that God didn't bring you this far to show you how little you are or to crush you somehow, but he's moving you on. See, the Apostle Paul wrote these words to the Philippians, a very passionate but worrisome community. He said this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Very powerful statement. And he says this in verse 7, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. But there it is again, an empty-handedness, a distance between prayer and peace. 
a distance between asking and receiving, a distance between starting and achieving, or a distance between transitioning and the next place. That's called trust. See, transitioning and quitting requires a lot of it. It's trusting yourself, trusting your gut, trusting your dreams. It's trusting God. It's trusting the world and those around you. It's trusting that this new adventures of yours is worth the risk. So you're leaving the world of the known and entering in the world of the unknown. Let me tell you a fast story. When I was quitting my first big job, my first job, it was a mega church where I was like this young and passionate guy. Thousands of people cheered for me and took amazingly, insanely good care for me. Word got out that I was thinking about moving to LA or New York or Hawaii because I applied to be a police officer there. Uh, I did not meet the physical standards. But a dad in the neighborhood stopped me. See, I owned this house, I was 21 years old, and I had the job and a life of basically a 40-year-old man, but I was 21. So in the neighborhood, I was known as the young guy who had this house. Like, why would you have that house? You don't have any kids yet. And the dad in the neighborhood stopped me, and he walked up to me with his big, huge muscles. He was one of those guys that competed physically, just had a stupidly insane body. And he walked over to me with his T-shirt that was like seven sizes too short and too small for him. As his wife was pushing his newborn twins across the street in the stroller, he grabbed me by the shoulder and he walked me into my backyard. He put his arm around me and he said, I heard you're thinking about moving. And I thought, oh, here it goes, some kind of lecture about not quitting or don't be a loser. And I just said, yeah, you know, I'm just brainstorming. And he interrupted me and he said, go, go. I was like, sorry, what? He goes, go. See, I can't leave now. And he pointed back to his family, said, see, I'm settled and I'm old. I got a job and I got a mortgage and I got kids. I can't go anywhere, but you got to go. See, if you don't go for you, and if you don't leave for you, then you go for me. You go for all of us. All of us who got started on this life-building thing and never got to go on some big adventure. You go, man. You go wherever there's adventure. You want to go to Hawaii? Do it. I was like, yeah, I didn't really pass this test, and they're not physically strong enough to be. He goes, I don't care. Go somewhere and fail. Go to New York. Go to Hawaii. Go to L.A. He said, take it from me. Get out of here. I walked back into my house and I thought, oh, I really do have to leave. It was as if he was like this voice from my future of saying, dude, not everybody needs to leave this town. Not everybody needs to leave that job. Not everybody needs to leave that relationship. Not everyone needs to make that transition. But it maybe you do. Maybe you right now. And for me, not everybody had to leave that town. I had to. Not everybody had to leave the relationships I've left, but I had to. Not everybody had to leave the jobs I had, but I had to. It was that moment. It was that spot. And take it from me in this moment. I've quit important romantic relationships. I quit two huge churches. I quit really high paying clients. I've quit one huge promising career. And quitting causes pain and then relief and then some more pain again. But it's essential for us if we're gonna evolve and grow and expand. Joseph Campbell wrote about this in The Hero's Journey through this lens of mythology. And he said this, there is always a refusal of the call a saying no to the adventure because of discomfort or fear of this unknown. But check this out. There's always this supernatural force he describes that comes along to support and help us as we actually accept that call. And that accepting that call would not mean glory and riches, but accepting that call would mean pain. 
You see, every hero in every mythological story and in every story of our histories has experienced an invitation from inside of them, an invitation, an opportunity, something, and saying yes to it meant that it was going to be hard and that there was going to be pain, and they could hear that call, they could hear that pull, they could hear whatever was ahead of them, and they had to go. Maybe for you, it's like a stranger walked up to you with his big muscles and his beautiful wife and his twins, and he put his arm around you and said, man, you got to go. Because I had said no to the job, and I had been told no by the Hawaii PD. I had been told no by certain things, but here's the deal. Maybe listening to this conversation is your big, tan, muscly man saying, it's time to go. Here's the deal, guys. The girls I broke up with, they're happily married. The jobs that I left are filled with talented young stars who are a better fit than I was. But as for me, I'm doing the work I was meant for. I'm challenged and I'm exhausted. I'm enthralled and I'm deep in an adventure that I wouldn't trade for the world. See, if I could go back and tell myself something, I think I'd put my hands on both of my own shoulders and say, dude, calm down. This is all going to work out. Do the work. Prepare rightly. Take insanely good care of the people as you transition. And remember, this transition is your next right thing. So as you embrace your next season, remember this. There is no adventure without hazard. There is no relief without pain. There is no faith without trust. May you know fear and hazard, and may you adventure all the same. May your heart beat wildly as you walk and wonder and brush against the flame. And may you know who is for you and hear them cheer as you embrace the journey set before you with power, trust, and grace. Here's to your adventures, my friend.